You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lunid. And today I have the honor of introducing a very special guest to the show, Nikki Starcat Shields. She is an author, writer, a writing coach, and a leader of transformational writing retreats. She teaches people to be thriving artists, writing their heartfelt books while also nurturing themselves and their creative lives. She is out in the um, East Coast in Maine and loves reading. Uh, she loves her, her cats and spending time in the ocean. So it's really an honor to get her on here because I really want to talk about the writing process. What does that entail? And how do you get started? How do you find the, the thing that really does sing to you so you can um, begin to write it? Because you got to spend a lot of time with it when you come in to write. <laughs> you know, I yeah. wrote a dissertation. So with no further ado, Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Yes, I'm excited. Um, You're an author. Tell us about your journey. How did it all begin? Well, it began actually when I was a little girl. I always have loved reading and wanted to be a writer when I was a little girl. And as you kind of, you know, come up going to public school and get a little older, they start talking to you about your career. And I was like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. be a writer. And they were like, well, no, that's, yeah. you know, that's very, very hard to do. You can't make a living. Most, you know, most people can't make a living at that. And all this stuff that I was given. Now, this was, I'm, I'm 52. So this was in the 1980s, you know, when it was harder to actually be published than it is now. Now we have a lot of options with self-publishing, but then not so much. So mm-hmm. I was t- sort of, you know, deterred from pursuing that goal. And so I went into um, the media instead. I worked, my first career was in public radio. And mm-hmm. that was a great career. The people were wonderful. It was ethical, but it wasn't my calling, you know, what I had really wanted to do. Yeah. So I kept, you know, feeling like I was getting these taps on the shoulder by, from the muses and and uh, being really called to write. And when I turned 40, I was like, okay, this is, I've got to do this. I've got to write because I, I won't do it. You know, otherwise I won't do it. And um, I have two children. We were homeschooling the kids and my husband was home with them when they were the first part of there until my son turned, my oldest turned 13. And then we swapped roles and I was, I stayed at home and, and was the, mm-hmm. the homeschooling. So that gave me time while they were doing their things to start doing my writing again. And to, and I had been writing, I'm a journal keeper. So I had been, you know, journaling mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, but I hadn't really put things out into the world, except I had put, I'm also um, a pagan. So that's a earth-based spirituality. There's a lot of it here in Maine. And I did write for a little column for a newsletter here in Maine about paganism, how I celebrated the seasons and the, you know, the spring equinox and the fall equinox and all the different things. So I've been writing that occasionally for them. And my first book, I actually just collected those essays and mm-hmm. and uh, had a book published by a press in uh, Britain. It's called Moon Books. And so it was essays that I had written over time and I just kind of collected them and, and made them into a book. And so after that came out, I was like, oh, this is great. I need, I need to write more. So I started writing more again, not yet like making a living at it, but then in 2018, I'd been helped. So if my friends knew that I had 
published books. By then I had published three and a couple of them came to me and were like, oh, you helped me write a book. And in the process of helping one of my friends write her book, she said, you're actually really good at this. You could make a living from this. You could, you know, be a writing coach or, mm-hmm. you know, help people write their books. And that's, that's what I'm doing now. And I, it's my second career. It's I'm full-time doing my own writing and helping my clients. And I love it. Love it. It's amazing. It's amazing once you find your purpose, right? Whatever that may be, once you find it, it just brings you that extra joy, right? That it's not just yeah. happiness, it's joy because joy is lasting. Happiness it, can be fleeing, right? Yeah. So having that joy when you find that purpose is really something unique. And you are down with what, five books now? Yes. Well, I just finished my sixth book and these are nonfiction. I'm also learning to write fiction. So I'm writing some contemporary fantasy that I haven't published yet, but I'm I'm working with that and, and going out into that direction too. So and my clients yeah. write either nonfiction or fiction, like whatever their their thing is. Yeah. Yeah. That that's intriguing for people because I know some writers and I know how daunting it can be to start. Yeah. Uh, and even to find your your unique voice and, and putting it down on paper. Um, walk us through how you help your clients find that unique voice and how can one begin that process? Well, I've found and my clients have found that, you know, despite what we're taught, we're sort of taught you know, in popular culture that a writer is off in their own office with the door shut, just writing away, doing their own thing, kind of in a vacuum, right? Like by yourself. Yeah. A lot of us find that that's not really how we thrive most. Actually coming together, and even for those of us who are introverts, coming together sometimes, you're right, in a, mm-hmm. in a retreat or a workshop or just a space where we can talk to one another about the process is so helpful. It really gets people inspired and fired up to, be, to know they can do it. So Mm -hmm. that's part of what I have gathered is really a community of creative people. And I've taken it from, we have this myth of the starving artist and I've kind of flipped it on its head and said, no, we can be thriving artists. We can be doing, and anything else you do besides your writing or your creativity also counts. Like all that time I spent in radio was not wasted. I learned how to, but part of the things that I do with my clients is I give them guided meditations and kind of take them on a little journey to go deeper into their own imagination. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, they have the radio voice training for that. So, you know, like things you learn in other areas will totally apply with your creativity. So that's one thing I find. Yeah. And yeah, I imagine life experiences too, right? Because a lot of the the writing, especially nonfiction, you're kind of going off what had happened, what experiences that you have been, you use that because you felt empowered by it and you can use that to empower other people. Absolutely. And even for fiction, you're going to be putting yourself in the voice of your character and you have to have experienced, you know, whatever it is, sadness or joy or whatever they're going through in order to really write about it effectively. So So the retreat really helps and then guided meditation to kind of bring the inner voice, the unique voice out. Silence, right? Having people have the ability to kind of listen and to Listening. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing that we don't get a lot of in our modern culture is listening within. Like we're always listening to other, you know, TikTok or the TV or like the radio or whatever, other people talking. But we rarely just listen within to see what our imagination has to say. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that is is fascinating. And, And that going to come into the morning routine piece of it because that's a big part of it and i'm sure you have a a very nice one and you share with your clients so let's talk about um some writing tips so writing tips my biggest one that i tell people is 
and this is something that almost everyone tries to do, but don't try to write and edit at the same time. It uses very, very different parts of our brain. So our writing, when we're just free writing and just coming up with something creative, that's sort of the the right side of the brain, the wild creative side Mm -hmm. of us. And the editing is that left brain analytical, okay, this period needs to go here, that comma needs to go there. And if you try to do both at once, you're slowing yourself down for one thing. And then you're discouraging that wild flow because you're trying to make it, we were all taught to sort of write generically in school. So we wanted to please the teacher. We wanted to come up with whatever paper, you know, and so it's sort of generic. But when you're writing something that's going to be a book or an article or a website or whatever, you want it to be in your own unique voice. You want to just give that free reign. So as much as you can, try to just not say, I'll edit it later. I can Mm -hmm. correct all the grammar later. You know, that's another time. But right now, just kind of be as free as you possibly can when you write. I like that advice. Yeah. Kind of let it flow or get in the flow. Don't pinch yes. your flow by yes. trying to do the editing aspect of it because then the perfection is kicking. It does. And when we see a book, like when we see a book that's published, it's it's nearly per- it's perfect or nearly perfect. And But that doesn't come out like that. The writer has gone through several edits and revisions and lots of work and often other people helping with that. So we kind of expect that it'll be that perfect when it comes out, but that's not, that's not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And so are you doing um, public, what do you call it? Self-publishing um, using KDP? Yes. Yeah. I chose to go in that direction after my first book was with a small press, because if you're with a small or medium-sized press, you these days are expected to do a lot of the promotion yourself and to have an audience yourself. And I figured if I was going to do that work and have that, then I'd want more control and more of the profits to come to me. Mm-hmm. And so I've chosen to go with self-publishing and I find that's a lot of my clients are are going that direction as well. Um, yeah. And that's not to say if you self-publish that you couldn't later, you know, get a publisher, you know, it's, it's not a either or thing, but to get started, I think it's really good to, to self-publish. So to self-publish, you get more of the profits. Um, you still have to promote yourself if you do go with a publisher. Mm-hmm. What are advantages then with going with the publisher versus being self-published. They have more um, avenues to get you into bookstores and libraries and things like that. That's one of the big things that they have that it's harder to, as an individual to do. But nowadays, there are also a lot of solutions that are kind of mid, mid-range. mid um, mm-hmm. There's Ingram. There's something called Smashwords, which is an aggregator. Like if you self-publish, you can put your book out on Smashwords and that gets sent to different you know places and, and not just your people who read Kindle. You know, like it gets sent mm-hmm. to all different places. So there are kind of mid-range thing between an actual publisher and a service that helps you you kind of get it out there. Um, That's kind of the hardest. I I would say that's the hardest thing is like getting the book out there because you're either needing to find an agent and or a publisher or you're needing to either do the work yourself or find someone to help. So that's kind of something that's that's tricky. But writing, I'm finding like writing the book itself is is really it's fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, that's the fun part. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure your clients do too, but it still is part of the process is getting it out there, like, you know, podcasts and totally. getting in the new media, news and IT and letting people know about it. Yeah, totally. A lot, of, piece. a lot of people that I reach out to are entrepreneurs or healers who have a book idea and they don't know how to write a book and they don't consider themselves writers yet. And so they do have an audience though. If you're an entrepreneur, you have your email list, you have your social media. So that's really helpful is they have people that they can already talk to who are interested in what they're doing. And I say, start while you're writing, say, Hey, I'm writing a book. 
say it out on social media. It gives you a little bit of extra accountability. It gives people yeah. an idea like, ooh, I'll, I'll look for that, you know, so. Yeah. How long does it take usually in average? And it varies from person to person, you know, from um, the onset. It does vary. And it depends on how much time you have to devote to it. Um, so my my metaphor is that I'm the book midwife. So my group program is nine months long, <laughs> like a mid, you know, like a midwife, yeah. like having a baby. And so, but most people take between nine months and a year probably to write that, that first manuscript. It's not yeah. bad with, with guidance, because if yeah. you're doing it by yourself, you don't have that accountability. Yeah. It, it gets yeah. pushed. Yeah. That's a big yeah. thing that people need is they need to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen to and and know that their ideas are are valid because we have all these ideas in our own mind, but we don't know. You know, we think, oh, somebody's already written that, probably better than me. But what they haven't done is they haven't written it from your perspective, your it's unique true. voice. And so seeing people and providing them that mirror of, oh no, I see you. This is this one's great, this idea, and and let's run with that and kind of just guiding them a little bit on what what to do as they're writing. Yeah, yeah, that that is good, good advice. Yeah, the retreat, that nine months retreat you do with your clients. Can you let's talk about your morning routine? Um, how does your morning routine empower you to kind of be disciplined throughout the day? Right. So, how do you get up, dress up, and show up? Yeah, I've I've been doing a more daily spiritual practice since 1997. So that was, I started it when my son was really young and it has evolved through the years, but it's been such a constant that really helps me set the tone for my day, whether it was when I was working for someone else or now that I'm working for myself. And what I do is when I get up first thing, I mean, you know, go use the restroom, whatever, but then just sit in my room. And um, if it's <laughs> this time of year, when we're talking, it's summer, so it's too hot to light candles. But you know, in the winter, in the <laughs> fall, I'll light candles and just meditate for about 10 to 15 minutes. And I wanted to like be sure to talk to people about meditation because a lot of us have mm-hmm. a, a like an idea that we can't do it or it's too hard. And I think the popular conception of meditation is that you silence your thoughts, but that's not really, I mean, that's maybe some really high level meditation, but most of us, what we're doing is just sort of unhooking ourselves from our thoughts. I had a yoga teacher once who said, it's like letting your thoughts be the little clouds that drift across the sky of your awareness. Mm-hmm. And I love that because you're still going to be thinking. But if you just sit and let those thoughts pass by without getting so attached to them and just breathe and concentrate on breathing in and out. And when you're starting, you could start with five minutes and set a timer. So, you know, right. okay, five minutes is up. The timer will go off and then you're free to do whatever. But, you know, just letting yourself be. And then that evolves over time to listening mm-hmm. and listening within, like we talked about a little earlier. Um, yeah. and for me, the, that spiritual discipline goes right along with creativity, because when you really listen within, you, sure, you're going to start getting all the thoughts of the things I have to do today, or I need to get gas in the car. But then you're going to get ideas, too, for stories or writings or articles or just a wouldn't it be neat if, you know, kind of daydreaming and and getting those sort of thoughts. And then after I meditate, I journal. And that's a good time to kind of capture those those ideas. Or if you're having a really hard time and you're feeling really low, you can journal it out. And a lot of times that gets the emotion, like I'm really mad at so-and-so because they didn't do X, Y, Z and just get it out of your emotional system. I I have heard writing is a form of meditation because it really gets you to to focus and kind of process your thoughts. 
Yes, yes, it does. And I do a variation of the morning pages, which is from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. Um, she says, just write stream of consciousness, three pages every morning. And just, and then she, her thing that I don't do is like, just throw it away or never look at it again. <laughs> but I don't do that. I'm more of a chronicler. So I keep my journals and I, I review them and stuff. But, um, you know, just writing those pages and, and getting that out. That's good. And then another another thing I do is pick a card, like from a tarot or uh, oracle deck for inspiration. Like, okay, what do I need to know today? Just ask my spirit, what do I what do I need to know today? And pick a card and see what that sparks. Very nice. Are you doing gratitude while writing? Do you do have a gratitude I journal? I do. Mm-hmm. I do have uh, yeah, yeah, in my in my morning journal I do at least three things that I'm grateful for from the day before. Yeah. What is the power of that? I think that just alerts us to what blessings we already have in our lives. Because we're always focused on either a goal we want to get to or a problem to solve. It's just how our culture is set up. But there are so many blessings all around us. Um, I read a study recently that I think it's an older study, but it was from Psychology Today that said, we think about older people as being unhappy and lonely. But really, secret, like the secret is that many older people are happier because they've slowed down and they've noticed those little blessings. They're super mm-hmm. grateful for the birds outside their window. They're super <laughs> grateful for... So I've tried to like cultivate that. You know, what am yeah. I really thankful for? I saw horses in the field and they were running and it was beautiful. You know, think little things. Yeah. Yeah. It, it puts things in perspective when you slow down. I agree with you. It does breed more things to be grateful for throughout the day. You, it's almost like laser focus. You're looking out for them now. Yeah, you know, like what's a good in my life? What am I grateful for? What am I thankful for at the moment? So the gratitude journal is really, really powerful, and it's non-negotiable for me as well. Um, upon meditation, so anything else that you do? Um, well, so that's that. You know, morning piece has become a part of my life for so many years now. It's just like that's just what I do. Like that's just the thing. I've started to cultivate, you know, sort of an evening wind down practice mm-hmm. more recently. I'm a reader, so I always read before bed. But then I'm also doing a little journaling at night and just um, mostly on my feelings of like, okay, today felt really busy, but I did get X, Y, Z done. This was a success. Just kind of keeping track a little bit because again, it's like the it's like the gratitudes, the celebrations we don't mm-hmm. think of. Especially when we're entrepreneurs, right? We, we just yeah. go along. Just what's the next thing on the list, you know? Uh, and it's really important to notice. Oh yeah, I got two new clients this week. This was really great. They're they're so aligned, and they this is awesome. You know, like just to celebrate the things that that happen. Celebrate the small wins. I actually read or heard somewhere that when you celebrate the little wins, you you let the brain know that you like that to actually create more of it, and mm. so. I used to celebrate the tiniest things when I first started, um, you know, I'll get a hundred subscribers. I was like, it's time to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then as it grows, you kind of take bigger trips or do little things, even if it's like taking a walk as a celebratory mm. action, you know, it doesn't have to be monetary every time. Yes. Yes. It could be very small. Very nice. Um, tell us, Nikki, um, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you? Um, you can find me on my website, NikkiStarCatShields.com. And on that website, I have, um, if you join my mailing list, become part of the Thriving Artist community, I give you um, a, a guide to getting started writing your book, a PDF called Write the Damn Book. 
<laughs> a guide to getting started. And so that can just, if you ever had like a book idea and you're like, yeah, but I have no idea how to do this. This is kind of outlines the process. I know we like to like see what's coming. A lot mm-hmm. of clients who haven't written a word yet will say, yeah, but how will I publish it? And I'm like, okay, read the guide. Here's the whole thing laid out yeah. for you, just so you can get an overview. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Really appreciate it. I appreciate your presence and time this morning. Thank you for coming on the show. All right, you're so welcome. Awesome. Well, all right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.